Jack Eblick here with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graph of Okemos. Matt, gas prices are still up there, but you've got some good news. I do have good news, Jack. We have lots of different models that are going to help with that issue. I've got the Nissan Sentra, Versa, that all get over 30 miles to the gallon. In fact, the Versa gets 40 miles to the gallon. Wow. Our all-electric Aria has a range of 269 miles. And then on the Chevy side, Trax, Malibu, Equinox, and Trailblazer, all over 30 miles to the gallon. And our brand-new Blazer EV, 320 miles of range. Lots of great options. Stop and see Matt and the gang here. Graph of Okemos, they're making friends. Than 5.18 million viewers for a Thanksgiving afternoon basketball game. I think we're going to see more AquaSure classics. I believe you to be correct. Yes. All right. Uh, Let's go out. Follow the money. (laughs) There you go. You got it, Rob. You're a quick learner. All right. Let's go out to our guest line. Very happy to welcome in the third of our three 24-7 guests. This is 24-7 week on the drive with Jack. Justin Thind does a phenomenal job covering recruiting and all movement, personnel movements at Michigan State. Justin, how are you? Good, Jack. How are you doing today? Have you come up for air yet after the last 11 days? No, not yet. Still, uh, that's not going to be happening until after the portal closes in January. (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about coaches first. And uh, the reaction to the Jonathan Smith hire seems overwhelmingly positive. I asked uh, more than 50 people uh, about a week ago, uh, six days ago, in fact, how they would rank that hire, how they would grade it on a 1 to 10 scale. And the average grade was 7.25, positive, but in, in the B, B-plus range. Now... Uh, I asked the same question the other night at the basketball game, and the reaction has uh, improved, and now most people are saying it's as good a hire as Michigan State could make or has made. How do you think Jonathan Smith has done thus far in less than a week on the job? Yeah, Jack, I, I think the um, the national perception as well, like if you read like just the report card articles that people put out nationally for – Coaching Carol Celsius, excuse me. Um, it's it's as high of a rating as I've seen for um, almost any hire so far. I know most of them have uh, Jonathan Smith ahead of even Mike Elka, who I was a big fan of before um, yeah. uh, Michigan State went with uh, Jonathan Smith. And it's just I know CBS Sports they had him as an A plus. So just a just a great reaction nationally. Um, in terms of how he's done, I, I think he got his two most important assistants over here from Oregon State, and that was crucial. And uh, Coach Jim Michalczyk, the offensive line coach, who um, our West Coast guys at 24-7 Sports, um, essentially, um, I think they told Corey Robinson today that he's the best offensive line coach on the entire West Coast. Um, and then Brian Wozniak, the tight ends coach, who played at Wisconsin, is born in Ohio. He um, already has offered two 24 tight ends, uh, Dylan Messman, um, being one of them, the, the double legacy that Michigan State fans remember a little bit from earlier in the cycle. So that was crucial for him in the early days. Trent Bray was the other of, of three like crucial assistants, but he got the head coaching job at Oregon State, obviously. Um, the running backs coach, Coach KB, um, another great resume there. Uh, coach Blue Adams, um, he spent five years in the NFL as a Dolphin secondary coach. So to, to be able to see kind of those first four hires or so, uh, very impressive from from his offensive or sorry from his from his coaching staff and the offensive coordinator um, Brian Lindgren. 
I know those guys out in Corvallis seem to be like kind of lukewarm on him. Personally, I see 33.8 points per game. I see that they turn DJU into the 12th best quarterback in the nation in passer rating. I am very, very stunned to see that like it's not like a very, very positive reaction in Corvallis regarding Lindgren. But I think that just speaks to like there's not a team out there that loves their offensive coordinator unless you go 15 and 0. Right. Um, right. So I, I think those hires are all really good. Um, and then other than that, one thing that he's done, it seems like it's he's taken an approach that is refreshing just because it's a common-sense approach. So whether that's who he's offering in the portal, whether that's um, the uh, the receiver down south that has offers from Ole Miss, Penn State, Texas A&M, a ton of others, um, and then uh, Thor Griffith from Harvard, the defensive tackle, like just offering the common-sense best guys in the portal that you should just offer without even yep. thinking about that's something that the Maltech regime didn't do for some reason. Right. Um, another common sense thing is just coming in and like the Messmans of the world and a few other guys in state, um, just going ahead and offering them um, common sense approach of, I know one of the defensive coordinator targets they reached out to is one of those common sense names that everyone has as one of the rising stars at DC. Now we don't know if they'll get any of these guys, that, any of these moves I just said, we don't know if they'll get the portal guys that DC, the guys in state they reached out to, but it's just refreshing for them to just do the common sense thing um, since getting here in, in all avenues. Um, so I think the, the first few days, um, very, very refreshing and just good to see. I want to go back to the staff, Justin and uh, blue Adams. I remember when uh, he was with, the Lions, but in right. East Lansing, I don't think anyone is going to be chanting "Let's go blue." <laughs> I don't think so. That is that is a tr- correct statement. So now the offensive staff, if Courtney Hawkins is going to join as the wide receivers coach, uh, is the offensive staff complete? Uh, yeah, I would say so because you got if uh, once the Courtney Hawkins thing is fully finalized, you have the OC quarterbacks coach, you have the uh, wide receivers coach and Hawk when that's done. You have the tight ends coach and Wozniak, and then you have Coach KB with the running backs, and then Coach Woz at the tight ends. Yep. We heard some things yesterday, but is there any reason to think that Courtney Hawkins will not be part of this coaching staff? Um, I think the fact that like it's just taken a while to get fully finalized gives you some pause, but I haven't heard anything concrete that says that it has fallen apart or anything like that. Part of the reason for the delay was just that they wanted him to talk to the OC, um, Brian Lindgren, and he didn't he didn't get in um, on the day that Smith did. He got in a couple of days after that, so that was part of the delay, but I guess we'll see if it keeps lingering and, and whether that means anything. Yeah, I heard that it was a positive meeting. That's, that's all I know about it. What right. about the defensive staff? And uh, the idea that Trent Bray might come. And then, of course, uh, there were some comments afterward that raised some eyebrows. That it didn't sit well with him that Jonathan Smith would leave. It should sit with him really well now that he's the head coach there. Uh, he's yeah, got that I, I, yeah, that's that was kind of just one of those things where, uh, yeah, he, it didn't sit well with him other than the fact that he was ready to come over here with Coach Smith yeah. if he didn't get the yeah. head coaching job. So it's very convenient that it doesn't sit well for him now that he's sitting in front of a mic trying to garner support from his new, I guess not new, but I guess the existing fan base in the new role 
So that's kind of just how I chalk that up is just a cheap way to score points and kind of taking shots at the guy that gave you the job and the platform to get the current job that you have um, just to get some headlines on Twitter. But the game is the game, and um, he has to do whatever he can to rally the troops that he has in Corvallis. So don't blame him, but that's disingenuous because if if he didn't get that job, he was coming here, and it was only not sitting right with him now that it played out the way that it did. Is there any question in your mind? that if he had not been the choice in Corvallis, uh, he would not be here, or was that an automatic? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure unless the USC-DC search started to go in a different direction um, and, and circled back to him, I don't even know if he formally interviewed, but I think he was like a name that someone out west mentioned. Um, unless that somehow just landed in a complete surprise and they offered him, um, no, other than that, like it, it, was, it was pretty much a lock that he was, he was headed here. Uh, Anton Lynn, uh, the name that a lot of people have been talking about now at UCLA, very right. young. Uh, he's got uh, pedigree, college and pro football. Yeah, uh, We saw uh, maybe an anomaly, the last game and getting blitzed by California. But right. uh, what do you think his addition would mean if that is the way that Johnson Smith chooses to go and can pull it off? Right, yeah. I haven't heard about what Lynn's interest is or what the likelihood of that move is, but yeah. I was told that they would they would go ahead and make a call there, which uh, was kind of the common sense move I was referring to. But Lynn is a guy that he's from Texas. He played at Penn State. I remember watching him play in that secondary with A.J. Wallace, Lydell Sargent, and a few other guys. And then um, he went to multiple stops, but the most recent before UCLA, he was the Ravens secondary's coach. Um, so he definitely has been around. His his sample size of actually calling the defense is not that not that big, but he's kind of the hot name, the rising star um, yeah. that is in is on the forefront of everyone's mind. So if you can get him, I'm not going to be the only guy to somehow like throw cold water on that. I think there's a reason that everybody in, in America is kind of calling and seeing his what his interest is right now because that Chip Kelly era is not looking good, going pretty much the way I expected it would go for any Chip Kelly team that has hired him after 2013 <laughs> or so. Um, Why but, would you so, say that? Yeah. You don't have any background Jack, we watching could, Chip Jack, Kelly, We could right? talk for two hours. We could talk for two hours on on how I root for the downfall of Chip Kelly on a daily basis, day in and day out. But um, we, yeah, but yeah. So I, I think yeah, that'd be a good hire if they can get him. But um, yeah, he knows that that that's on shaky ground out there, so that could play in their favor. But at the same time, lots of schools are calling. Yeah, I, I think most people think that that would be a very good hire for Michigan State. Right. Is is there a great hire? Is there a home run hire? Michigan State now has uh, more money in uh, the coaching budget than it has had for staffing. Very, very important. Right. And uh, you're talking about more than $10 million at your disposal. Is there one guy who, if you could pick, and I'm not saying that you could get him, but if you could pick, uh, and take a swing at it. Who would you want Michigan State to hire? I would say that probably um, the name that everybody would kind of say in Phil Parker at Iowa. Um, I think that a lot has been made of the fact that he's an alum because 
I, I definitely don't doubt that he would have interest in possibly coming back, but it's not one of those things where he's just running to come back to Michigan State no, just because he no. spent four years here a long time ago. Spent way more time at Iowa. But now if you're talking about instability maybe with Kirk Ferris, maybe he retires in the near next few years and he's looking for another scene scenery, I guess yeah. it, it could be possible, but I haven't heard anything at all about Michigan State calling him. I don't know necessarily no. his interest level, but that would be one of the names that would come to mind right away. Yeah. I don't know if it would count as great with the next name I'm going to say, but Andy Avalos, the uh, Boise State head coach that got fired, um, he was at Oregon uh, before that in 2020 and 2021. Uh, he won the Rose Bowl uh, in his first year as D.C. there, and then they went to the Fiesta Bowl in his second year there. Uh, great defensive units when he was there. Before that, he was at Boise State when Jonathan Smith was there before he went to Washington, I believe. Very slight overlap there. Um, but he's a guy that I think would be qualified. He'd be he'd be a good hire. I don't know if it'd be yeah. an A-plus hire. Um, and then I guess Lynn is another one. I guess Jim Leonard, if, if, he, if it gets down to that part of the list. I think the signs wore off on him a little bit. Um, I also don't know how I feel about the three-three-five defense, but yeah. at the end of the day, you're just going to play what the personnel the defense has, and it worked in the Big Ten for a long time when teams were even more run-oriented than they are now, so that's probably not a real hang-up. Um, right. But those are kind of some names that come to mind. Um, but those are just like potential candidates. I haven't heard that they've actually talked to any of those guys, right. uh, any of those three that I just named. And uh, Andy Avalos and Jim Leonard have good reputations. Again, good, upgrade, positive. You could use those right. words. But I want to talk for just a minute about Phil Parker because I know him well. Right. And uh, I covered him when he was a three-time All-Big Ten safety for Michigan State at George Perlis era when he won a Notre Dame game for him. I know what kind of coach he was. Uh, as Nick Saban's defensive backs coach at Toledo, the only year Saban was there, and then 25 years at Iowa. And I will say this. Uh, I would have to go back to the early 1970s to find an assistant football coach who has had more impact on a program than Phil Parker. I'm thinking about Barry Switzer when he was in right. Oklahoma and put the wishbone in. Maybe Emery Ballard, that same kind of thing when they completely changed the face of football. Phil Parker has meant about two wins a year for Iowa, I think, in his right. leadership there. Uh, he has taken walk-ons and made them NFL players. Uh, 25 interceptions in a year when Michigan State has two. Uh, I look at this year's Iowa team, and it's it's no coincidence that Phil Parker is, is in the running for the Broyles Award. He, he should be right here. But if you take away what he does with that Iowa defense, it's not a 10-2 and two team. I'm not sure it's a 500 team. Right. Yeah, what he's done there is he – the last several years, Iowa has not been the Iowa of the past with, like, the Ricky Stanzies. And, right. Um, like, like they, their offense has not held their own. Um, it is basically Phil Parker willing that team to Indianapolis in the week Big Ten West by himself almost every single year. And he has more than 50% of all uh, Big Ten defensive back of the year awards since they started handing that award out in the early 2010. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't really have anything to add beyond what you said other than just underlining that he is as elite as it gets as a D.C. Well, if I were Jonathan Smith, and uh, I don't intend to coach his team here for the next few months, but – uh, I would certainly, after the uh, Iowa-Michigan game, and I don't care if the score is 42-3, to 3, 
I would at least inquire. I would kick the tires. I would see if there's any interest. I'm talking to some people, you know, he's been there 25 years. Sometimes people want a, a different end to their career. Uh, he certainly comes back to mid-Michigan. I saw him here for a couple of funerals, uh, people who are near and dear to him, and, and he's a very good recruiter in the state of Ohio. Uh, right. From there and, and knows every coach in Ohio. I'm just saying he checks every box you could, and um, I would love to see them at least inquire about bringing Phil right. Parker here. With Jonathan Smith's interest in offense, Justin, as much time as he spends on that, uh, this would really be one headache off his shoulders. For sure, for sure, yeah. Offensive head coach, their number one most important hire is always uh, the defensive coordinator since that guy's left to his own devices um, and, and has a full autonomy on that side of the ball for sure. All right, uh, last thing for you here, Justin, uh, quarterbacks in the portal. Uh, we all know about Aiden Childs. He's probably the best-known backup quarterback. Uh, ever in the state of Michigan, who is 3,000 miles away. But we've seen what he can do and what he did in flashes. We know he knows the system. And if Michigan State could get him, if he chooses to go into the portal, uh, no guarantee he wouldn't stay uh, in Corvallis. But if he leaves Oregon State and uh, is a candidate to move elsewhere, I think Michigan State fans would love to have him. There's so many other quarterbacks, accomplished quarterbacks. And then yesterday we get the name Dante Moore into this. Uh, right. What do you think the chances are that he might be interested in coming home? And why did it not work out for him quite the way some imagined at UCLA? Chip Kelly, for one. Um, but, no, I, 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 think, uh, I think part of it was that he – kind of was not supposed to be ready to take on a huge load as a true freshman. I, when uh, Michigan State was pursuing at the end of December, um, Michigan State fans were talking about how, oh, if, if Dante Moore comes in here, he's going to coast to the starting job. And this is even when Peyton Thorne was there. Like, oh, he's easily going to beat out Kane Hauser and, and, and Peyton Thorne. And, you know, maybe he would have. Maybe they would have handed him the job right away, but he wouldn't have done very well either, just like he, he right now at UCLA. And, um, yeah, so I kind of saw that freshman season coming. I, th- I always thought that because he was like a Michigan quarterback, the base, like too high, like shell defenses, he doesn't have to read much. Like it's just not kind of something where I was expecting him to go light it up um, in the Pac-12. Um, went back when he was committed to Oregon, uh, let alone UCLA, when he downgraded with the offensive staff. So that was something that kind of didn't surprise me. Um, as for, I don't think it makes sense for Michigan State to pursue him at all. Um, I'm hearing that he's going to get some big money offers uh, from a couple flagship schools um, in multiple parts of the country. And I don't think that he's worth that number at all. Um, not just because of whether or not Michigan State can afford that in a vacuum, but because of what it would do for the rest of the roster construction and resource allocation. If you can go ahead and get um, an Aiden Child. Um, for for a way smaller number, and then also add in like a D lineman and an offense lineman for all of that number that it would cost for a Dante Moore. I think you absolutely have to go that route instead. Um, and I'm not honestly sure that Moore will have a better sophomore season than Childs anyway. Even if you were to do a head-to-head matchup and took those numbers away. 
So, yeah, I, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. And I also don't think that he's really looking at Michigan State. Um, and I think he's looking at more of those schools that are willing to throw silly money. And if he can get it, good for him and, and good for his family. So if Michigan State does not wind up with Aiden Childs coming in from Oregon State, who else would be high on your list? There are so many names. There are so many established quarterbacks. Is there one that you say he'd be a good fit, even if it's just as a bridge? Yeah, I think if you're talking about a, a guy that's a bridge quarterback, um, maybe a Cam Ward who um, has a lot yeah. of familiarity with Jonathan Smith yeah. um, out there in that region. But I don't know if he has a predetermined destination already or something of that nature. Um, yeah. Will Howard from Kansas State, I think, is one of the better quarterbacks in the country. So he maybe might be someone worth pursuing. But um, I think more quarterbacks will hit the portal. Um, I think definitely more will head after the bowl games. And um, it's hard to tell which ones already have spots or not. But at the end of the day, DJU was not one of the top like quarterbacks in the portal last year. I don't think he was a top eight quarterback, maybe not top ten. And not only was he – did he go from outside of the top 10 in the portal rankings to one of the best portal quarterbacks? But he was a top 12 quarterback in the nation, as I said, in passer rating. So whoever Jonathan Swift gets, I think they'll be fine. I don't think uh, that's going to be one of the positions where they'll have to worry about it for, for the foreseeable future. Um, we'll see about the other positions, but I think quarterbacks should be good as long as he's here. What about all the players from Michigan State in the portal? And you broke this down better than anybody, Justin with your portal tracker and uh, right. the number of spots that Jonathan Smith has to play with. And I think it's a much smaller number than most people associate. Uh, whenever right. somebody goes into the portal, you get three of those in a day and everyone thinks it's a mass migration. He doesn't right. have that many spots to play with, uh, many players to add, does he? That's correct, yeah. So trying to pull that up right now after today's move of zion young entering um smith now has finally about 34 or 35 spots yeah 35 spots here to play with which is the bare minimum i thought he needed to get to um in order to kind of flip this roster and not have too long of a rebuild um maybe up to 40 um, so, yeah, I, I do expect some of the people that have entered the portal to come back. I don't know how many, but I think some of them will. So he doesn't actually even have the full 35 because uh, he'd have 35 right now if everyone that left w were to not come back. Right. So you probably need a, you probably need another handful or so to, uh, to exit the portal if you don't want this to be too long of a rebuild, I would say. Okay, so you, you said 35, right? That was a number? Yeah, 35 right now if everyone that left didn't come back, which I don't expect uh, to be the reality. Let's say five to ten of those come back. Right. Now you're talking about 25 to 30. And then there's the incoming right. class and the commits. Yeah. You assume that they're going to keep them. And now there's right. talk that Anthony Scuda Carey uh, might recommit. So right. let's say they got up to nine or ten there. Now you're down to 15 for right. new high school commits plus portal additions. Uh, you don't have a lot of room for error. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah, especially because that 35 is everyone, every spot they have that hasn't been filled by an actual scholarship yet. So I'm not counting anyone that's yet to sign a, a national letter of intent. So, yeah, once you factor in the commits, which are not counting against that 35 slot number right now, it shrinks quickly. 
Um, so, yeah, you're looking at not that many portal spots, assuming they have a 20-person or so high school class. Hopefully it's closer to 18 or 16. But um, I think they do like a lot of their Oregon State current commits. So, yeah, we'll see. Ho- hopefully it's not any larger than 18 for the first high school class um, because they're going to need quite a few guys from the portal. And, um, yeah, there's not going to be that many spots left if especially a few guys come back. Because um, you're looking at, let's say they sign 18 high school kids. Let's say seven kids that have entered the portal come back. Then you're looking at only 10 new additions from the non-high school ranks for Smith. And that's a typical portal class, about 10. And most schools have 8 to 10 in a normal year. You're going to need more than that if you're year one, Jonathan Smith. And the guys on this roster, plus the high school recruits, um, were just 4 and 8. Yeah, I, I think they, they need a good amount of few more people to leave. Uh, is it safe to say that Michigan State would want to add two quarterbacks uh, from the portal unless they have a way to get a high school player that, that we haven't seen or they're planning on Henry Hasselbeck, who, who I think could become a terrific quarterback, uh, would be ready to come in and be a backup as a freshman. Yeah, I think the best move would be to get um... – uh, like a plan A quarterback that you think is the guy, maybe an Aiden Childs. And then maybe if you can get like a fifth year, like very experienced guy that doesn't care necessarily about starting, but just wants to play a big time program before he hangs it up. Maybe like a veteran from the FCS who's okay with being a backup. Um, not the same thing. Cause he didn't come from the FCS at all. He's power five. I think Texas tech, Alan Bowman, how he went to Michigan a, a year or so ago, yeah. something like that would be an ideal situation for Michigan state. Um, and then, yeah, Hasselbeck being like a QB3. But maybe if, if you really want to like put all the eggs in the basket of the guy that was the plan A, the younger, maybe an Aiden Childs, if you want to just go with two high school quarterbacks and say, hey, hopefully one of these two can play if, if, if the guy, if the starter gets an injury. And if not, we have two guys we can really invest in and build and, and, and have some long-term growth in. But, yeah, definitely need to get two quarterbacks because you need three scholarship quarterbacks for sure on the roster, if not more. But, yeah, I don't see them having more just because they're all going to be new guys for the most part. So I think, um, yeah, they got to get some guys. I would be nervous to have two high school quarterbacks if your starter right. uh, was Aiden Childs who has right. barely played. Uh, if you're talking about a Cam Ward and uh, you have someone with that kind of experience or Will Howard or any of those veteran quarterbacks that, that you've read so much about, then right. you, you know that those freshmen are only going to play in uh, the most dire of emergencies. And uh, right. maybe that, that would make more sense. But if Aiden Childs is your quarterback, I'd like to have somebody who's taken a snap in a college game. Yeah, I agree. That is definitely the best course course of action if they can swing it. What about the guys who have gone in, Justin? And who would you most like to see say, uh, I changed my mind? I would probably say uh, Derek Harmon and Ethan Boyd. Um, I guess Zion Young maybe as well. Just because I think it all starts with the offensive and defensive line, and that's where it's hardest to get people from the portal. Defensive tackle, actually, you can get a, a good amount of guys that are probably not going to be sensational, but a, guy, a lot of guys that are like a baseline B, B-plus kind of a player. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think, like, defensive end and offensive tackle, you'd like to see some guys come back. I think Zion Young didn't keep the trajectory that a lot of people were expecting after yeah. his freshman year. But at the same time, he's definitely good enough to be a rotational player in the Big Ten at the least. So you'd like him back for depth, and, and he can be a starter too. Um, and, and Ethan Boyd, um, again, like, he, I don't think he's, he's a lock for the starting job. I think that Aston Lepo could beat him for the right tackle spot. Um, but again, he's good enough to be in the playing group at the Big Ten, and he has multiple years left. So just because of that, you like him back. Because um, at the same time, like while th- most of this roster um, is not anything to write home about, as you kind of saw, I-, I guess four and eight is kind of disingenuous because they would have won six games if the coaching staff had done better. But at the same time, like it's not just talent um, upon talent here. However, you mostly don't want guys in the two deep to be leaving at the same time. Um, if they are at positions of value. Now, a guy that's in the two deep at wide receiver where you can easily go ahead and upgrade uh, at wide receiver from the portal, that's yeah. different. I think you'd rather have a lot of those guys leave and have Smith get his guys at those positions. But at the two deep at tackle, uh, at offensive tackle and a defensive line, I think that's where you'd like to have guys back. What about interior offensive linemen? I mean, it's possible to see this entire line wiped out. Uh, a Kevin Wigginton or a Geno Vandemark. Yeah, I'd be good uh, to have a Geno Vandemark back. And, and yeah, Kevin, I, I'm not turning out down any offensive lineman, but um, I think I think they can find someone at, at Kevin's level probably. Um, like that's that also goes back to another thing is like I'm all for like player empowerment and, and players being able to move, but like. Wigginton and Boyd, like these guys were only going to have way more opportunities than they've ever had here. And they were going to get to be coached by, as I said, someone that neutral unbiased guys on the West coast have called the best offense line coach out there um, on that side of the country. So like for them, I think it would have been absolutely perfect and logical for them to stay more than almost anybody else on the roster. Um, like, like if I was advising the kids on the roster, completely unbiased, just what's best for them. Boyd and Wigginton and Vandermark and like these guys would have been the most logical guys to stay for the betterment of their own futures. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not in the business of calling anyone's decisions incorrect, but those were the ones that were most surprising to me. But we'll see. I, I think some of them will understand that and possibly come back. All right. I said uh, last question. I lied. I have one more. I have to ask you. Where is Harlan Barnett one year from today? That I I I can't tell you. I I have no idea. I I, I think it depends on where what he wants to be doing long term, uh, like how much longer he wants to be a position coach, uh, versus like if he's ready to transition to maybe more of like a player engagement type of thing. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I yeah, I guess we'll see. But it also depends on what he wants to do. Okay. Uh, we're not going to talk about Chip Kelly. We'll get you on sometime during the playoffs when the Eagles win uh, another Super Bowl, and we'll let you vent on that. But in the meantime, Justin, keep up the great work for 24-7. Oh, you want to give our listeners, uh, you want to follow up on what Stephen and Corey said about possible deals. I hear there's one coming in December and uh, unbelievable offer for those who care about Michigan State football. For sure, yeah. We we just had a Black Friday deal, 75% off, that saw over 300 new people join the community. So community is growing at a huge rate. Um, yeah, there should be another deal in December, I believe around Christmas time. But either way, we'll tweet that out from the Spartan Tailgate Twitter site, and you'll always see it on the homepage. So just keep an eye out. But, yeah, when you sign up for a 12-month membership at this time, 
keep in mind, you're going to be getting portal coverage this December, signing day coverage this December, uh, fall or sorry, spring portal coverage, uh, fall February signing day, fall camp, spring camp, summer visits, next season, in season visits. So it is essentially a no brainer for for you to be getting 12 months of coverage right now at the perfect time. So definitely would suggest people going ahead and, and taking advantage of that. To everyone who appreciates a fresh meal that comes from the heart, let our team member Emma tell you what's special about the Culver's Way. We take great tasting burgers seriously in Wisconsin. Favorite recipes, fresh ingredients, real Wisconsin cheese. It's a place where traditions matter. So of course it's where Culver's Butter Burger was born. Fresh, never frozen beef, seared to perfection, then topped with a lightly buttered toasted bun. What can we say? To us, it's a whole lot more than a burger. It's a taste of home. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with love. love. Welcome to Delicious. Hey, Spartan fans. When you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear. Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store. Or shop anytime at alumnihall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall. Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours, and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to DeanJobs.com. So, it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Meadowar Jewelers, four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Metawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. Jack Ebling here with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graph of Okemos. Matt, gas prices are still up there, but you've got some good news. I do have good news, Jack. We have lots of different models that are going to help with that issue. I've got the Nissan Sentra, Versa, that all get over 30 miles to the gallon. In fact, the Versa gets 40 miles to the gallon. Wow. Our all-electric Aria has a range of 269 miles. And then on the Chevy side, Trax, Malibu, Equinox, and Trailblazer, all over 30 miles to the gallon. And our brand-new Blazer EV, 320 miles. Lots of great options. Stop and see Matt and the gang here. Graph of Okemos, they're making friends. 
To everyone who craves a rich and creamy hometown treat, let our team member Nevaeh tell you how we do it at Culver's. Every scoop of Culver's fresh frozen custard is made in small batches throughout the day. Because where we come from, the little things make a big difference. Like bringing back a seasonal favorite. Our salted caramel pumpkin concrete mixer and pumpkin spice shake are back for a limited time. Handcrafted with farm fresh dairy and real pureed pumpkin just for you. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, love, welcome to Delicious. Hey, Spartan fans, when you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear. Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store, or shop anytime at alumnihall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.